Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Call our guest line at any time during the live show at area code 646-727-3235 and let's talk about wine. Again, the phone number to call is 646-727-3235. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Wow, they are just yeah. glad it stopped raining finally. And yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we're about to get, I, I, you know, I didn't even check the temperature now because we're supposed to get cold weather tonight, tomorrow. Yeah, somewhere. and it didn't but, turn out cold today. That's what they're saying. And it hit 70 yeah. today here. It's supposed to be, yeah. they said, when you get up this morning, it's going to be 66, and that's going to be the high for the day. And then it's going to drop from there. And then, I mean, it like it hit 70 today. And you're going, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't. I don't like it when the high temperature is is first thing in the morning. You know, like I like I go to work first thing in the morning, and I get to work, and I'm thinking, oh, it's nice and warm now. When the sun gets up, it's going to get warmer, normally, like in a normal place. So I don't take my coat with me, and then around okay. noontime, it feels like it's 20 below, and I don't have my coat with me, and oh, yeah. except for the rest of the time, it doesn't make sense. It should get that, warmer as the day it's, progresses. No, you're absolutely it's right. That that's the way it's supposed to work, and it irritates me when it doesn't work that way because yeah. I do the same thing. I'll go out somewhere and do something like yeah. playing golf. You know, you get up in the morning and go, oh, this is beautiful out oh, yeah. here. And then about the <laughs> fifth or sixth hole, the wind starts blowing and it clouds up. And <laughs> up and go, oh, my gosh, I need a parker to play golf. You know what I mean? That's right. You, know, so. you get out there, and it's in the nice, you know, maybe upper 60s, maybe low 70s, and by yeah. the time you get to the fourth, fifth hole, it's uh, back in the fifties and forties. Yeah, sense. I know. I hate it when it does that. I hate it when it does that. Yeah. But twenty-seven mm-hmm. days until yeah. spring training starts. So oh. the boys of summer, and whenever you start that, I've always used that as a criteria. When the boys of summer report to spring mm-hmm. training, then that's that's <laughs> summer. You know, I mean, they're called the boys of yeah. summer for a reason. So uh, that's right. 20, twenty-seven more days. So it's right. getting, getting close on that. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is. Something to look forward to. Always, <clears throat> always but it, it's supposed to get cold tomorrow, but not like blistery cold like it is up in the Midwest, northern states, oh, uh, north of here, for I, sure. I it's still for you. Anybody listening to that up there, I, we, our hearts go out to you. You know, it really does. It is so bloody cold there. And I, uh, well, it's just, and, uh, well, we're supposed to not get above about 66, supposed to be the high over this next whole week here. I'm seasoned to be cool. Although Tampa did hit 80 yesterday. Then, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We have our extremes. Oh, well. Yes, it's, really it's winter. Really cold. Yeah. Really warm, really cold. Unpredictable. 
Um, so we're back. It's uh, January 24th. Uh, Ron has a few topics to discuss. Um, I guess we're going to get into some events, maybe. Uh, let's see what we have. Yeah, yeah we've got a few on your kind of different things yeah. there. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, what's coming up on the food calendar. I haven't gotten my new list. That upsets me. They usually give it out to me. But uh, And start with what am I drinking? I am drinking Saved. And that's what it's called, SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, SAVED, Red Wine, California, 2014. On the back of the label, it says, SAVED, Red Wine, California, 2014. Inspired by the artist Scott Campbell, SAVED is an expression of the freedom of craft. And it's at www.savedwines.com. And... Vented and bottled by Saved Wines in Oakville, California. So Oakville's right at the southern end of Napa Valley. Oakville, California. But the front label is big old triangle or big old diamond or I guess it's a diamond or something. It says Saved in, on the left. Very pretty, very pretty label. It's got all sorts of stuff on it. It's got some numbers and got some zodiac signs and some other signs and different things and all that. It is really quite pretty label. But it's it's odd. It says on uh, on the left hand side it says reverence of beauty, eradication of doubt through systems of superstition. On the right hand side, on the at an angle on the label, it says adversities exiled by incantations of compassion and. Ten- Tenacity of heart. And that's it. That's what it says about it. It doesn't say anything else. There's no other information. But it's not a bad wine. It's lighter, nice aroma. Uh, Lighter stom, picking up a lot of raspberry in the taste and in the flavors of it. The nose is bringing up some nice uh, raspberry and blackberry aromas and uh, light tannins. Uh, well balanced with the acid. The acid is not overpowering. Uh, the tannins are light. It's a nice balance between the acids and tannins. But um, we saw this while we were out. I can't remember where, but uh, picked up a bottle. It might have been on one of our wine excursions and picked up a bottle of it. And uh, it's it's pleasant, but it's uh, very, very limited information on the label. Oh, there we go. You uh, you have a drink tonight, there, or do you uh, are you forgoing it since you got a radio show later? No, I I don't know why. Uh, no, I should I should get something. I don't have a delivery mechanism like you do, but uh, I, should, uh-huh. I should I should go in the other yeah. room and, and just start. Uh, I should get me something. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you. So so the label doesn't doesn't lend anything to it, and I wrote a note down here like. You know, the, except this, I don't know if that's poetry or what they're trying to do with the label. Is that supposed to add something to the to the feeling of what what the wine is? I mean, can't they just say it tastes like, you know, you've got like like a lot of wineries will put a hint of blueberry and stuff. Not like a like a casting shadow from a sunshine. What does that mean? Just tell me what's <laughs> I in there. I, yeah, you, exactly. You're reading this stuff. <laughs> you're reading all the, you know, what they put on there. And I'm thinking, What? What? Why? Is, is, is it Shakespearean wine? And the big, a, you know, you know, big, big words, you know, reverence of beauty. 
I wouldn't know what you read. How would you choose a wine on that? Yeah. Through systems of superstition. What does that mean? You know. Yeah. You know, that kind of throws me off. If, if you now, to, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just, and you have a good point there. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything as far as I know. It just, no. you know, uh, uh, okay. it might, <laughs> I thought it was just you know, uh, lyrics to, you know, some uh, metaphysical rap song or something. I don't know. It's uh, uh, adversity yeah. exiled by incantations of compassion and tenacity mm. of art. Yeah, I don't you know. It tells you nothing about wine. It's a pretty late so wine. Okay. I have. So it's oak-aged, uh, by, based on that, it's oak-aged, and uh, it has the aroma <laughs> of uh, uh, sunflower. I don't know. What is it? It has you know, light and light uh, acid. And, <laughs> That's uh, what that means. <laughs> it pairs well with uh, spaghetti and uh, meatloaf. You know, that's what that means. Yeah. Oh, okay. Spoken yeah. like a, a true professional there who knows what they're, what they're saying. I, I have no clue. Know. I don't either. I don't. It's a pretty label, though. It really is. And I think it's right yeah. on the bottom. Or is this? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it looks like it's uh, just... It, about, but there's lots of other stuff on it. I mean, it's just, that's just on the rim around the diamond. and They've got it like an eye in the middle, and they got signs of the zodiac, and they got uh, numbers on the bottom: twelve, two, three, and nineteen. So we know that's not a clock. I mean, with the nineteen in there, and uh, I don't know. I just you know, that has me bothered. Now I have to look this up and see what that label is. Um, Savewinewines.com. Oh, I have to put my birth date in here. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm older than I've been. Uh, why would they care if you look at a website? I don't understand that. I, yeah, they're not going to order anything. Yeah. Yeah. I have to put my year in now. Mm. All right. Yeah, I was wondering uh, what, what your Talking about saving. Yeah. Uh, wow. You I don't see anything on the front of the bottle, but um, no, there there isn't. Uh, a robust blend of Merlot, Malbec, Syrah, Zinfandel, and small amounts of other red varietals, curated to add blah blah blah. No more dimensions. Blah blah. blah. Um, it opens with aromas of ripe figs. And vanilla, followed by I'm, jamming it, flavors of. Oh, did you find it? Find it? Yeah, I found um, it here. But you see the label, the black label. That's this what it looks like. It's yeah. Very pretty label, you know. Uh, oh, it looks. I don't see the writing on it, but maybe no, it's on the, the back. writing goes at an angle. There, you start at the bottom oh. left, and the okay. writing goes up on the outside there, and then it comes back down the other side. That's what I was reading. Oh, okay. That's odd. Okay. That's yeah, odd. It, it, it's a pretty label, hmm. but it's odd. Is it expensive wine? Do you remember? Or do, you, do you remember how, it was, how much it, it was? was I, I don't know. It was around yeah. 15, 12 to 15, I think, is what it was. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So it's, it's not not real expensive. Um, okay. You know, most people buy in that range anyway. But right. uh, uh, the artist, mm. the artist. Let's see what it says about the artiste. 
Scott Campbell. I bet you he's the one that wrote that on the outside there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he traveled around Europe and Asia, so that probably gave him that mm. uh, that, that insight to metaphysical wine labels. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's very pretty label, and uh, I. They got the rosé. They don't have a white. They just have a rosé. We just we got the red here, but uh, say, but it's very. Does the label get larger? I wonder if you can. No, I couldn't zoom. I couldn't zoom in. I'd have to yeah. download the image and load it up. But yeah, let's see how you're. No, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, don't know why they have a, that, That's a heck of a blend, though. Merlot, Malbec, Saran, Zimindo, and with other stuff going in. It's nice. It's it's a nice it's a nice wine, you know. But uh, you know, tell me a little bit more about within it. I would like to have known that it was Merlot, Malbec, Saran, Zimindo on the label instead of. Is there a barcode or a QR code uh, box anywhere? No. no. There's a barcode, uh, but I've been that's just check out I'm sure and that's right. not a QR code box or anything. Hmm. Um yeah okay. instead, of, instead of telling me that it is you know adversity is exiled by incantations of compassion and tenacity of the heart, it would be better to say blended Merlot, Malbec, Saran, Zimado and other ribs. <laughs> you know, I mean <laughs> I would have preferred that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That would that would make more sense and more meaning to it, but it, it, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's, it's artist and big, that's, yeah. Like, it's a neat label and just it is it's strange. It's a pretty, yeah, but it is strange. You know. <laughs> uh, well, it it got our attention for a while here too. And people, uh, if you if you see it out on the shelves, you have to look at that. It is a pretty label. So, uh, we bought it. Yeah, in the background, just say we bought it. We did. Yeah. So, so yeah, it caught my, our eye enough to to purchase it. Oh, so now, well, what what is the food for this next week? I don't have the new one. I don't have the February calendar here uh, for food. I'm upset about that. I should have it by now. But we can uh, tomorrow's National Irish Coffee Day, which uh got something to read in a moment here. Saturday, National Peanut Brittle Day. Also Green Juice Day. Green juice. And Saturday's National Pistachio Day. Sunday, National Chocolate Cake Day. Oh, there you go. Open up yourself a bottle of red wine and have some chocolate cake and red wine. Ooh. And then Monday, National Blueberry Pancake Day. Tuesday, National Corn Chip Day. Wednesday, National Croissant Day. And then next Thursday, National Hot Chocolate Day. So we end up the month with, with that. But... Uh, Using something to celebrate each day of the week coming up there, so you can have a wine with each one of them. And uh, you know, National Croissant Day—that this sage would be a good wine to have with the croissant. It's 
light and fruity, and I think it'd go well with that croissant. So, all right. Um, a few things here. Number one, wine total dollar. This is uh, for the year ending. Twelve to eighteen. So uh, yeah, twelve to eighteen. So this just ended about uh, what, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. This these numbers here. But total dollar sales, uh, the change versus a year ago. Supermarkets on wine are up two point two percent on dollar sales, whereas drugstores are down. 1.1%. So, uh, looks like the grocery stores are picking up where the drug stores are losing out. But total dollar sales up for the year ending 12 to 10.79 billion dollars. That's 2.5% increase over the previous year. Total unit sales in supermarkets 0.2% increase. Whereas drugstores lost a booming 4.9%. Had a big decrease on that. Almost 5% decrease. That's not good. Total unit sales, $1.12 billion. That's an increase of 0.6% over previous year. Uh, buying behavior. Number of households buying wine. 49.3. Number of households repeating buying wine, 39.4. Well, that's an odd number there. Almost 10% more bought wine, but buy it again. Percentage of volume on any deal, 28%. Dollars per buyer. This is over the year, $273.23. Dollars per purchase occasion, $18.71. That's Seems high to me. I didn't expect it to be that high. Purchase cycle and days. How often do people come in and buy it? Every 66.7 days. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, purchase occasions per buyer, 14.6. This is birthdays, holiday stuff. Volume per buyer, four bottles over the years when an average buyer buys. Well, if they're buying every 66.7 days, that's about right. Demographics, household by race, Caucasian, um, 110 bottles. African-American, 71. Hispanic, 84. Asian, 66. Household by incomes, less than 15,000 a year, 43%. Or 43. Uh, average by 15 thousand to twenty five thousand fifty five twenty five thousand to thirty five thousand fifty eight thirty five to fifty seventy eight and it keeps increasing fifty thousand to seventy thousand ninety two seventy thousand to a hundred thousand Hundred eleven and household income of hundred thousand or greater average one hundred sixty eight bottles a year. So, you know, more money you get, the more money you're going to spend on wine, which is a a cool idea, it's a cool concept. So, just saw that when the 
share that with you. That was ending this last year, pretty much this last year. Dark Horse. It's an E.J. Gallo Winery Dark Horse. Pretty cool label on that. It's like a, a, a head of a horse, or the outline of a horse with a bottle in the middle. But Dark Horse is introducing Sparkling Brute and Sparkling Brute Rosé. Two new sparkling wines uh, from the E.J. Gallo Winery family of, of Dark Horse. That's all I have to tell you on that because the ad doesn't say any more than that. It's just pictures of the bottles and say that they're introducing those. So something to look for when you go in a store. It doesn't say distribution or anything else, and I haven't seen anything anywhere telling about that. Let's do a little bit of trivia here. The label reads Beringer 1999 Knights Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. So how much Cabernet Sauvignon is in this Cabernet Sauvignon? By law, a wine must be composed of 75% of the grape variety named. Also by law, 85% of the grapes must come from the appellation named. And in this case, on the label they're showing here is Knights Valley. And 95% of the grapes must come from the vintage listed. Here is 1999. Too much leeway? Most winemakers don't think so. Blending in a small amount of other grape varieties, wines from other regions, or even wine from another vintage can make a wine taste more interesting and complex. So there you go. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that because the new TTB rules addresses that. And another little bit of trivia here. Recently, Peter Gago, the head winemaker for Pinsfolds, perhaps Australia's best-known wine company, shared a trick Aussie winemakers have for making their already soft red wines feel absolutely cashmere-like on the palate. They double decant their wines. Double decant, it's easy, they say. All you need is your bottle of red wine, a decanter, and a small funnel. Cheap plastic ones are fine. All you do is open the wine and pour it into the decanter. Now using the funnel, pour it straight back into the bottle. Presto, you've just double decanted it, let an air pass through it, which will soften it on the palate. Why the auction does this, no one really knows, but it does work. All right. I want to readdress coming up. Oh, before we forget it, Mike is back on his radio show. He, I told you, Sky Blue Radio, he does a DJ job on there. And he was doing it in the afternoons from 3 to 5. And because of the holidays coming up, and, you know, he's getting old and tired and he had to take a rest, he took off. <laughs> <laughs> he took off three oh, months. <laughs> but he's back. So he's back on Sky Blue Radio tonight. He'll be there from 10 to midnight Eastern Time. So this is on Thursday night. So if you listen to this in archives, just you know, tune in next week on on it. If you listen to it tonight live, then you can you know listen to him. But he's back I like that old and tired, <laughs> old and tired. Had, had to take off. Had to take off for three months. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So he's uh, so check check it out. He he's got himself quite a variety of uh, 
tunes and stuff. So you can call him for requests, or you can sit there and chat with him on uh, IM or whatever for the whole program. Yeah. Uh, but uh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Check yeah, it. Good plug. Thank you. Thank you. Back on the air. Awesome. Uh, yeah, AFI you. Wine Festival of Central Florida. We mentioned this last week, but still, it's you know another month away or so. Friday, March the eighth. It is put on by Public Supermarkets Charities. It benefits the uh, Alliance for Independence. It's uh, uh, one of the charities around here. AFI of Central Florida is being held at Lake Mere Promenade. That's in Lakeland from six. 30 to 10 on, again, like I said, March the 8th, and it's a Friday night, $65 in advance, 75 at the gate, over 150 wines and spirits, there'll be live music, gourmet sampling from local chefs and restaurants, check it out at winefestcfl.com. So, uh, good cause, I've been to these things, they used to hold stuff like this at, uh, Tropicana Field. I've been to a couple of those. In fact, I had wine from the winery there at times, and I would attend them without the wine stuff. Really, really a lot of fun. And there's just more wine than you would ever want to taste. Either that or find yourself a hotel room real close and walk to it. But uh, it's all for good cause. All money's go to a good cause, and it's a fun thing. And I'll keep reminding you all that until we get to the 8th of March. So March 8th. Keep that in mind. Uh, let's see. That's done. That's done. Oh, here we go. This is a few things there. Farm Bill. Back on December the... Well, I'm going to say the 8th on that, but I don't know for sure. Back in December, the Farm Bill was signed into law by uh, President Trump, and it was, the Farm Bill was originally put out back in 1933, first passed, and it was revisited in 2014, it's actually signed back into law, and it's it's a good thing, it includes uh, well, it avoids cuts to the National Food Stamp Program, or SNAP, if you're familiar with it. It includes the industrial use of hemp, which, yay. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, hemp is a, is a great source for all sorts of stuff. And it's crazy the United States had so many laws against it, whereas the rest of the world was using it. Uh, also includes protections and investments that will help vineyards, wineries, brewers, and beyond. It also has a section in there for crop insurance uh, titled Whole Farm Revenue Protection or uh, Crop Insurance, which is a great thing, too, to get the backing of crop insurance for that. It has uh, market access program called MAP, M-A-P, supports export programs in California, Idaho, New York, Oregon, Washington, and it will help international shipments and assist in specialty crops. The wine industry is one recipient of these funds, which will help shipping wines 
particularly to China and different places. It also establishes the local uh, agricultural market program, or LAMP. I love the way the government loves these old acronyms. They put these things in and they have these old names after them. I just, they do it to everything. I mean, I just, whenever I see anything, I'm animal ad, advocate. Whenever I see stuff that they do, they always have all sorts of old things. The, you know, the Let's Save the Kittens and the Puppies Act of 2019, and they'll call it Lesta or something. I mean, they just like doing that. Um, the um, uh, shift toward local and regional food supply chains is what LAMP really does. Also, the Farmer's Market Local Food Promotion Program, or FMLFPP, and also the Value-Added Producer Grants, VAPG programs, all help in uh, funding of private investments in uh, grapes and wineries and uh, spirits and beer, all that stuff. It encourages a move toward organic agriculture and much more research into pests and diseases and also investments in mechanism for labor-intensive crops such as vineyards. So that bill was passed, was signed, it's in law, which is really a cool thing. I'm, I'm glad they did that, Mike. It's been sitting around and bounced back and forth for a year now, and they start almost two years now. They should have done it a long time ago. I saw this. It has nothing to do with wine, but this is really cool. It says, nothing's better on a cold winter night than enjoying a hot cocktail. And now Michigan-based Apris Beverages is making it easier to get one. Working in partnership with temperance distilling and using traditional liquid spirits and concentrated liquid flavorings, it's developed two single-serve pods, Irish coffee, 76%, uh, 76 proof, and spice cider, which is 50 proof, that are compatible with your home brewing systems or your, your um, curry systems. You take these old cask and cask kettle pods, you pop it into your coffee maker, and you have yourself a hot toddy, um, Irish coffee or spice cider, a warm Irish coffee or warm spice cider. I love that. I think that's so great. I really do. Uh, but, I mean, they have all sorts of stuff in those machines now. They have flu uh, uh, medicines and stuff you can pop in there, but this is this is really, I think, the best part of it right here when you can start doing hot toddies or stuff like that. So if you are a uh, one that uses one of those machines, then there's another great use for it. All right. Uh, oh, here we go. This is something, Mike, I didn't know if you know or not, but uh, Four Seasons Orlando Walt Disney World Resort can now ease your weary walking feet with a glass of wine in an instant. The resort has installed plum wine dispensers in select room categories. Current choices are 2016 Lyric by Etude Pinot Noir and 2016 Stag's Leap Napa Valley Chardonnay. 
but part of the appeal is the ability to cater specific wines for repeat vacationers with a known preference or as requested. So the uh, Four Seasons Orlando Disney World Resort now has wines upon request, whatever you want. They can have it available in your room. And like my internal point out, it's probably like $100 a bottle for a $20 bottle of wine. But hey, if you can afford to stay at the Four Seasons Orlando Walt Disney Resort or Disney World Resort, you can afford to pay a little bit more for your wine right there in the room. I had to do a sip of sage. Um, all right. A bunch of, oh, I'm not going to go through all these because it's like, oh, okay. A bunch of new executive leadership changes at Jackson Family Wines. They got some of the, some of the younger family females moving into leadership roles at Jackson Family Wines. Uh, they have a, what's your name here? Clara. Hob Day is a new CFO at Mondavi. Uh, just a bunch of changes, big changes. So that's uh, constantly going on, though. I'm not going to bore you with all that. This is interesting. Some fun facts here. One in five top 100 country music songs refer to alcohol. I would guess most of it's beer. Moonshine accounts for around 30% of the world's alcohol drinking, which I can imagine. You know, you make your own, that's classified as moonshine. Spraying your clothes with vodka can eliminate odors. Just be careful not to overdo it. It might stain. Milkshakes originally contained alcohol. And that, to me, is a ooh. Fear of an empty glass as a scientific name. Sinusolilicophobia. It takes around 600 grapes to make a bottle of red wine. There are approximately 49 million bubbles in a bottle of sparkling wine. And a gin and tonic will glow under a UV light because tonic contains quinines, which are UV light reactive. So there you go. A little bit of useless factor today. Twist and pour. With apologies to anyone out there who's a cork enthusiast, there's a lot of companies that are going into Stelvin. S-T-E-L-V-I-N. Stelvin is the quintessential screw cap. Uh, there's others that make it, but Stelvin is, is the big one. A lot of companies going into it. Um, for fear of TCA and just for convenience. They've done studies, they've done surveys with their customers, they've done all sorts of different stuff, and they've came up with the fact that people will be all right with screw cap. And also, uh, wineries in Australia have been doing it for a number of years, and they've aged wine, they find that it ages well. So screw caps are here. They're here, and they are becoming more and more popular. And one more before I get into the TTB rules and regulations here. Different things coming up in the future. This is one I, that caught my eye. 
January 23rd and 24th. That's this weekend. So if you are in California, Northern California, Concord, California, actually, I used to live in Concord many years ago. Uh, it's east of San Francisco, right in the area of Walnut Creek and Danville and Pleasant Hill and stuff like that. Uh, it's at uh, it's on the BART line, a very rapid transit. So if you're in San Francisco, you can jump on BART. You don't have to drive out there. You can go there. But coming up this weekend is the 11th annual DTC Wine Symposium. Uh, direct to customer DTC. And it's National Summit on Direct Marketing and Sales. The event has expanded to two full days. Again, 23rd and 24th, uh, thought-provoking, 23rd is January 23rd, today's the 24th, today's the last day. Well, I thought I thought that was odd, January 23rd and 24th, so it's over today. Oh, well, that's too bad. I was thinking it was this weekend, but this weekend is the 26th and 27th. Um, it's the DTC is a primary fundraiser for Free the Grapes and provides funding for the organization's role throughout the year. So you missed it. You know, I hate to say, I don't know why I was thinking that was this weekend. Sacramento, California has a unified wine and grape symposium coming up on the 29th to the 31st. So that's, I think, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. No, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week, since mm-hmm. next week's our last show of the month. Also, CiderCon being held in Chicago, Illinois, on 5-9 of February, 5-5 to the 9th of February. Oregon Wine Symposium, 12th and 13th of February, held in Portland. The Texas International Wine Competition was January 18th and 19th. That was last week. February the 5th and 6th International East Meets West Wine Challenge is in Santa Rosa, California. February 8th to the 10th Best of Craft Beer Awards in Bend, Oregon. February the 10th New York International Beer Competition in New York City. And also on the 10th in New York City, New York International Cider Competition. So the beer and cider, I guess, are being both held at the same time, it looks like in the same place. So, those are things coming up there. I just want to keep in mind. I was up. I, I should have known better on that one in Concord. I thought that was this coming weekend, but it was actually yesterday and today. All right. I saw this and I went, whoa, this is interesting. The TTB, Tobacco Trade. Tobacco and Trade Bureau is looking at new rules and new laws for wine labels to make it better for you, you, the consumer. And that's their, their criteria, I guess. Now, you can look this stuff up on TTB, but no, you can't because TTB is closed down because of the government shutdown. You try to go on the website, which I tried again, it's still closed to go on the website and it will say sorry because of the government shutdown we are closed which i don't see why they can't just continue on the website and you won't answer any questions but they can just let you browse through that this is the new regulations 
that were November the 26th of last year, 2018, TTB published in the Federal Register a notice of proposed rulemaking. Okay. Because of the way the laws are set up in this country and the way it's stated, they have to publish it and give you, the consumer and wineries and all this stuff, a chance to look over the rules and comment or suggest changes or say a rule sucks or whatever. But they have to have, have to give the public an opportunity to do it. And so you go to the website or you can write them or whatever if you disagree with some of this. And they will be taking feedback up till March 26th of this year. So the deadline is March 26th for any type of feedback or any type of comments or whatever you want to do on any of this stuff. The Let me read you in part some of the rules and regulations have here. And I say in part because you can actually view the entire 132-page document by going to www.gpo.gov, and I got the whole address and everything. Um, I'll give it to you again so you can write it down if you are so inclined, uh, or there's a couple others, or there's an address. Actually, I could put that on the Facebook page. Uh, I might do that. That might be easier. Just go to the Facebook page, and I'll, I'll put this up there, and you can follow the links to that. Instead of telling you, I'll just put, you know, as reference to the program of, and you can do that. But COLAs, COLAs are Certificate of Label Authorization. Or it's the labels. Everybody has to have their labels approved by the TTB. And there are some changes to that. They are proposing to change the definition of COLA. Currently, only changes specifically authorized on the COLA form itself may be made to an approved label without filing for a new COLA. So if you change something on your label and it's not on your original, you have to submit a new one. The new definition would allow TTB to authorize additional changes in other ways, such as through issuance of a guidance document on the TTB website. So now if you change the label, you have to apply for a new label. They're proposing that you can change it without having to go through all the steps again. And the steps are easier now. The new electronics has made it so much better. It used to be three, four, five weeks from the time you submitted. When we first opened the winery, we submitted colas for all the labels, and it took... Well, let's see, we submitted them originally at the beginning of August, and we got approval the end of November. And that's one of the things that delayed us in opening because we had to have the approvals on those. So they're changing that now, and they're faster. It's it's amazing how much faster they are at approving labels, although not now, obviously, because of the shutdown, but they are much faster on the labels. Certificates of exemption. Current TTB practices enables an applicant to obtain a certificate of exemption 
from label approval conditioned on the applicant's agreement to add the statement for sale in name of state only to the label. So if they have that, and I've, I've had, I was going through the labels of the wines that I got. I got a wine from every state in the nation while I was at the winery. And I was going through those last couple of days and I found two or three of them that said for sale in whatever state. Connecticut was one of them. And, you know, but uh, the new rule required the applicant to include this statement on the label submitted with the application. So it's not just uh, a separate part, it's just part of your original application. Personalized labels. This is something that most people, personalized labels on which certain changes may be made without having to resubmit the label. These things, now this is something new, it includes messages, pictures, other artwork, uh, the consumer submitted for things like a wedding or anniversaries or birthday parties. Um, then it used to be they must submit a template for the personalized labels with a note as to the changes. Uh, now they are making it much easier to do that so that you won't have to go through all that to just get a special label for somebody's wedding or something. Alteration of labels. This is something else, too. Uh, proposed rules 4.42 and 4.43 in detail the circumstances which proprietors of bonded wine premises, importers, and certain others may relabel a wine without obtaining a separate permission from TTB for relabeling activity. This is good. Uh, good change. Industry members who would be affected by these rules are encouraged to thoroughly review the relevant areas of the proposed rules. And TTB seeks comments. So if you are against them being able to relabel, let them know. And let's see, mandatory labeling information. TTB seeks comments to the following three points. Whether it should require mandatory information to appear on open packaging when part of the label is obscured. So as it's being shipped, as you're buying a case or something, you should have, know all the information inside. So I think it should be mandatory to label everything. Secondly, whether the proposed rules will require significant changes to labels, containers, or packaging material. So if they're requiring you to have all the information there, it's going to cost more money. And that's really how it's going to affect you more than anything else. Instead of just popping open the box and reading the label, as far as I'm concerned. And whether the proposed revisions will provide better information to the consumer and make it easier to find the information you need. Well, you know, again, it's, I don't know. I, I think you shouldn't have to worry about all that stuff, but that's what they're proposing. Prohibited practices. Restricted labeling statements. All right. Current practice allows these names and the brand only. Uh, well, let's see, where am I? 
proposed 487. Now this this will be something that you will notice too. Loosens the restriction on using vineyard, orchard, or orchard farm or ranch names. Current practice allows these names in the brand only if at least 95% of the wine was produced from fruit grown on the name property. If used as a trade name in the bottling address, the proposed rule will allow the name of the brand even if no grapes are grown on the property or even if there is no such property with that name. All right. It means simply that the bottling address, the trade name that you're using, you know, you're using, uh, you know, Ron Hunt Ranch and uh, Ron Hunt Vineyard. Even if there's no such thing as Ron Hunt Vineyard, you will still be able to use that, which uh, it's a name. All right. So. Proposed Rule 4.90 makes five changes to the current law. One, removes the requirement that the states be contiguous. Use you know, Oregon, Washington, California, Oregon, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, New York, uh, Vineyard, Australia. It removes that. You can now use Oregon, Pennsylvania. It doesn't have to be contiguous. Two, reduces the minimum percentage of grapes from the states named in the appellation from 100 to 85. So this is the California Cabernet Sauvignon. Instead of 100% California Cabernet Sauvignon, it could it drop down to 85%. And then you can blend another 15% from, say, Oregon. Three, it removes the requirement that the percentage of the wine derived from grapes of each state be shown on the label. So it's 85% California, 15% Oregon. You don't have to do that anymore. Four, as the requirement that the percentage of wine derived from grapes of a named origin be greater than the percentage from an unnamed origin. All right. You can't say this is an Oregon wine and then contain 85% California grapes in it. It has to show the most. And five, as the requirement that the states be listed in descending order according to the percentage of wine derived from grapes grown in those states. So, if you use a California, Oregon, Washington blend, you have to put it in the order of the amount of grapes. So, say you have 60% California, 20% Oregon, and 30% Washington. Well, my numbers are 110%, aren't they? Uh, 60% California, 20% or let's say 15% Oregon, and 25% Washington. You would have to list it California, Washington, Oregon by the percentage of the grapes on there. That's what that rule is saying. 
While it allows multi-state appellations for non-contiguous states, prohibiting misleading reference to the origin of the wine appears to contradict this rule. So it explains, a wine made from grapes 50% from New York and 50% from from Virginia would be ineligible for a multi-state appellation because the states are not contiguous. TTB was unable to be reached for clarification. So that's still no wonder they can't be reached or closed down. Prohibiting labeling practices. Okay, this is one that I, I we all <laughs> we all think of fat bastard. Okay, this is disparaging label names. You can't trademark a word or anything on your label that might be disparaging to a group of people or to types of people or anything out like that. But the court reasoned that registration of a trademark was not government speech. So it was concerned that if it were to hold otherwise, other systems of government registration could easily be characterized in the same way. So they didn't do that. So TTB agrees, seems to agree with this, saying that language incorporated into the rules omits reference of disparaging content. If you're smart, you're not going to use disparaging content, but the TTB will not deny it because of it. You're not going to use a racial slur or a people slur or something like that on your label because it's like, you know, shooting yourself in the foot for sales. But they are no longer going to refuse it under the new rules. Labeling practices are prohibited if misleading. This is an interesting one, I thought. Proposed Rule 4.124 prohibits false or misleading statements that disparage a competitor's product. Okay, this rule does not preclude expressions of opinion, such as, if you put on the bottle, we think our wines taste better than any other. You can put that, because that's an opinion. We think we have the best Cabernet Sauvignon in the country. That's okay, because it's an opinion. But you cannot put something like, we do not add arsenic to our wine. That may be a true statement, but it would be considered disparaging because it falsely implies that other producers do add arsenic to their wine. All right, now I question this no sulfites added comment that you see on some of them, which, you know, indicates that everybody else does, and this thing with sulfites, I think they should clarify that a little bit more, and that's just my editorializing a little bit there. So, if the statement is disparaging in any way, you can't do it, but you can put on labels an opinion. Another rule, 4.126, eliminates the blanket prohibition against use of the American flag or symbols of the U.S. Armed Forces. If 
you notice, you've never seen an American flag on wine labels because it's always been a no-no. You can't do it. Or anything with any of the armed forces. Now they're going to start letting that pass. But you do not and cannot put the impression that it is endorsed or in affiliation with any other armed forces or the flag is excuse me or the flag is endorsed by uh, the government or anything like that. So and postage stamps, those are still off limits. Uh, nobody's ever asked for them. It's pretty much thing. But you know, there's a lot of neat postage stamps, a lot of neat characters on postage stamps, and you can't use anything like that. You never have been able to. Uh, new rule proposal number four point one two eight prohibits wine labels or packaging from containing a statement, a design, or representation tending to create a false or misleading impression. The wine is or contains spirit, distilled spirit, or malt beverage. You can't make a statement that this has bourbon in it or something, but statements implying the product contains distilled spirits, such as bourbon-flavored wine, are prohibited as it's misleading, but you can say, this was aged in bourbon barrels. That's okay because that's not stating it. So that's something else. Dessert wines. TTB requests comments for dessert wines. Current rule 4.21 requires a dessert wine to be 14 to 24% alcohol. And they have rejected applications for dessert wines below 14%. Now that's going to change. Used to be, you can say, this is 12% alcohol. It's a wine, but it may be served as the, as dessert wine, which is really dumbass. But now they're changing the rules. One, the use of dessert wine as a destination of alcohol content. And two, whether there is a more appropriate term for wines containing 14 to 20% alcohol by volume. And three, whether light wine to indicate alcohol content is consistent with industry and consumer understanding. And four, whether the term natural wine is understood by the industry and consumers as being a wine with no added brandy and if, in fact, how the term natural is understood in relation to wine. So if they address those and get that out there consistently, that could be a good idea too. So that's that. And then the last one, citrus wines. Proposed rule 4.145 incorporates all citrus wines into the category of fruit wines, eliminating citrus wine as a separate class. My wines were labeled citrus wines. My orange, my key lime, carambola, starfruit, they were labeled citrus wines. I would have to put them as fruit wines. And I always think fruit wines as much sweeter, fruitier wines, whereas 
citrus, citrus wines, I think more of wine. But that's just me. I don't know how that's going to affect, but that's TTB request comments on this, whether it would, the change would require a change to any existing labels, which I guarantee it will require a change to existing labels. So there, those are the new rules. I will post on the Facebook page uh, the information where you can find the whole 132-page document for the proposals. If you want to submit your feedback, uh, yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. If you want to submit your <laughs> feedback, uh, I will submit that so you can go that or the U.S. mail address uh, so you can get a hold of them that way. So I'll, sum- I'll put all that up on the Facebook page so that you can uh, you can comment there. So those are the new rules. That's what they're that's what we're looking at doing. Uh, wow. Yeah, I know. A lot of pages. <laughs> a lot of pages. A lot of rules changes in there. And, you know, some of them are good, some of them are bad. And I repeat, if you all have an issue, if you have anything to say about it, get a hold of them. That's, that's what they want. They want to know what you think. They want to know uh, what your thoughts are on those rule changes. So uh, there you go. Okay. Go out and well. enjoy yourself uh, curing hot toddy. Yeah. I think that's great. <laughs> I find that fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. <clears throat> Any there other um, last-minute um, add-ins at the end here? or? Uh, uh, I, got, I got something that I was going to talk about, but it's a little bit longer than I want to spend a time here on. But uh, it's uh, yeah. Well, let me. It's I'll I'll look to the things. Not that bad. It's talking about the tariffs and how it's affecting shipping to other countries, particularly China how the tariffs are affecting wineries. Uh, Igor Sill of Sill Family Vineyards is shipping a lot of wine to China. And he said uh, the tariff and the new policies will add up to 25% to the existing tariffs. And wine going into China right now is subject to almost a 79% tariff which it's putting these people out of the market. They can't keep up with this. Um, Other countries don't have that big tariff. And the United States is always battling against places like France and Germany and South Africa and even Australia. Australia is shipping a lot there. And if you start having these tariffs, um, $185 bottle of wine to the Chinese customers, says, you know, Igor Sill is now costing them $275 a bottle. And it, he said because of the tariffs, he said it's just, it's killing him. Uh, some of the wineries are planning on pulling out of China market until these tariffs are, you know, satisfied for good and things are actually, you know, you know decrease the tariffs. 
Sills said he's going to start concentrating on U.S. markets, uh, Texas, New York, New Jersey, California, Illinois, and Florida, because the cost of shipping stuff over there and people aren't going to buy a wine that has increased by, you know, 70% for no other than because of tariffs. But there are other wineries that are saying, hey, you know, it's still worth it to us. We're, We're getting... We don't see any more. The tariffs don't affect us. Uh, everybody knows what's going on. Everybody understands how the tariffs are working. Everybody understands that we can't control this. And so they are still looking at shipping to China. So it's it, the tariffs are affecting. We've forgotten about the tariffs pretty much because it was a hot topic uh, a couple months ago, but then the shutdown came in and people forgot about the tariffs and it's still out there. It's still affecting everybody. It's still an issue that needs to be looked at for a lot of these wineries, uh, not just in California, but, you know, different wineries around the country started to open up a market in California or in China and they are losing that market because of the price increases compared to prices of wines from other countries. So, I don't know. It's it's an ongoing thing. It's something we'll wait and see. Ooh. Okay. Um, yeah, we've talked about uh, the wines, uh, that like the, the wines out of China or, or uh, the, the production and everything, and uh, this yeah. is affecting... Uh, Something on on this end over here, so um, hmm. we'll see how that plays out. Um, yeah. so, all right, we will uh, talk, have to t- catch that at uh, on a future uh, show sometime and get more information uh, details on see it. We, um, yeah, like, there's not mm-hmm. much out there right now because of the, yeah. the the shutdown. There's just you know there's not a lot of talk about this stuff, but you yeah. know whenever you try to find anything, you can't because the media is right saturated with the shutdown and you can't find any other information so yeah. but next week we're going to talk a little bit about alternative packaging for wines the petra packs the petra, petra packs also the uh single serve uh found a couple of real interesting articles here so and uh single serve packs and things like that so we're going to be talking about that a little bit next week uh we we talked about the different mm-hmm. acts before, different serving things. But, you know, I'm going to find a couple yeah. of good articles. We'll visit that again. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so uh, uh, be sure and uh, join us next uh, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. That will be January 31st already. Already. We'll have to... Uh, have a special shout out to her uh, for the yeah, uh, it, next show. It, definitely. You know, it doesn't make any difference though, because I don't think any of my family members ever listen to the show. So, you know, it's, it's <laughs> in nine years, <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, really. It's a sad <laughs> thing. Have you heard my show? No, I keep on planning on it. But, but listen, you know, but I do have family. Members. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I do have family members. I shouldn't say that. There's, there's some out there that do listen and stuff. So thank you. Family members who do, but you know, my sisters don't, which, Mm. and neither do my kids. So, oh, well, Well, see if they get anything when I die. 
<laughs> Shout out to her anyway. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> just, just <in> <laughs> yeah, just in um, case. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see you all uh, next week. Thanks for tuning in uh, this week, and uh, we'll go ahead and close the show for January twenty fourth. And um, join us on the thirty first, seven p.m. Eastern time, right here on Blog Talk Radio on All About Wine. Um, and be safe out Thank there. You. Be safe. And we'll see you yes. next week. Yeah, good. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.